Welcome to The Shannon Plan. This is episode 90, episode Kevin Givens. My name is Kyle Posey. I am joined, as always, by Akash and Varathan. I never say your last name. I realize that. Um, <laughs> so maybe I should start doing that. Uh, we are in the off season. We are we have reached the portion of the off season where people are just grasping for content. Where we are sharing off season videos of professional athletes lifting weights and still being impressed by that. Which, <laughs> hey, welcome to the off season, Akash. We do have some info coming up. We have the schedule that is going to be released on Thursday, and we're just going to dive in a little bit to that because over the next week we're just going to dissect the heck out of the schedule so first things first the maximum amount of primetime games you can have is five there are some teams that will have six maybe even seven just because late season flexes um we agree that the 49ers will probably have five primetime games right absolutely i, I 49ers are cash cow biggest west coast brand in all of sports i'd say probably them or the lakers and it's easy for Lakers the NFL. Lakers are not good and haven't been good forever, <laughs> as you were. Says, says the Suns fan, probably. But, uh, you know, I, I, if I were the NFL, if I were running, you know, uh, the schedule makers committee, I would say get the 49ers on national TV as much as possible. They are a huge brand. They're going to have this young, flashy quarterback that they just drafted at three overall in Trey Lance. It just makes a ton of sense. They play the AFC West, which is a division that's going to be really, really good. So I think it's just a gimme to put five games. But just back to the schedule release, you know what's nuts? Back in the day, it felt like the NFL would just drop the schedule like midday. And now they've got like a schedule release show and they've got tweets about when the schedule is going to drop. They've got like these random releases where they're like, oh, we're going to have this game on Christmas Day or this this game is week two national TV. And people just eat that stuff up. Just feels like they consume the entire calendar now. So last week we had an announcement of when the schedule is going to be released. This week we're getting a daily game. So like um, yesterday it was a doubleheader on Monday Night Football. Today I think it was the Cowboys against somebody else. They are really milking this. And eventually <laughs> it's going to be like two weeks, three weeks to like who knows how long they're going to stretch this out. So with that in mind, with the thought that the 49ers are more than likely going to have five primetime games, do they, if you're the schedule makers, do you want to wait till the second half of the season or till midseason just because, like, what if Trey Lance isn't good? Like, there's always that. So do you want to put the 49ers on national TV when Trey Lance is just getting his feet wet as a starter? I feel like you just pepper the national TV games throughout. I feel like there's intrigue whether Trey Lance is good or whether he's bad because I feel like outside of the 49ers fan base, there's a large segment of people that are also rooting for Trey Lance to fail. Because yes. that's just how the world works. And so I think there would be significant interest, whether he's good or bad, right? I mean, just, just you know, uh, looking at it from, you know, the other point of view, if Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, or Mac Jones is on national TV, we still tune in and we're like, man, they drafted this guy this high. And so I'm sure there'd be, there would be eyeballs, regardless of when you'd put the 49ers, as long as, you know, and even if Jimmy Garoppolo is starting, I'm sure people would still tune in because that's just how big the team and the brand is. Yeah, I mean, it helps that they've been successful the last couple of years and not just kind of successful. They've made the NFC Championship and even the Super Bowl appearance. So, all right, let's make some guesses about where these five time, where these five primetime games are going to go. So we already know Cardinals, Monday Night Football, November 21. Um, I think it's going to be two of the AFC West games. 
I don't think we are out of the woods yet for Russell Wilson. I think it just makes a lot of sense. 49ers, Russell Wilson, after everything that both sides have been through. So Broncos would be my other guess. Win, who knows? Um, then there's always the Thursday night game. So last year it was AFC, Titans. This year, like, who, who is that going to be? Uh, who's going to be their Thursday night game? I do not know the answer. But um, Cardinals, Broncos, probably another AFC West game. Who knows? I, I don't know that answer. What, what are your – I mean, Chiefs would make sense just because the Super Bowl intrigue, um, the revenge for the 49ers. We get Mahomes and Lance – I would love for that game to be later on in the season. That Absolutely. way, Trey Lance, you know, does have a speed where we know who he is as a quarterback. And it's a good you know, litmus test later in the season. A hundred percent. And I'm not sure how good the Chiefs will be. A part of me thinks they won't make the playoffs. A part of me thinks Mahomes Same. is so good that they'll be able to overcome everything, and you know, they'll just be the Chiefs as usual. So, yeah, I think the Chiefs is another. Who, who are you thinking? Who 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 else is going to be one of their primetime games? So you brought up the Broncos. I think the Broncos-Rams is a primetime game, right? I think it's a Sunday night game. I think it's one of the ones they announce. I also think the Broncos game makes sense to be the week before the Arizona Cardinals game in Mexico. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago when they mentioned that the 49ers are playing the Cardinals on Monday night football in Mexico City. The elevation, right? Mexico City, I think, is, you know, close to the same elevation as Denver or at least, you know, in that same ballpark. So the 49ers were already making plans to go out there the week before to kind of familiarize themselves with the elevation. So that got me thinking, because the 49ers probably know what their schedule is. It's not like they find out tomorrow because they start making travel plans and things. So I wonder if they know that they're playing Denver the week before. So they play Denver, they stay out in Colorado for the week, then they go out to Arizona. And so it would make sense to put the Broncos game the week before that Arizona game but would they put the Niners in primetime back-to-back weeks is, is the big question. Um, so if the, if the game does end up that week, then don't know. I, I, I don't know if that would be a primetime game, but I think any of the AFC West games being primetime would make sense. Raiders, Niners make a ton of sense. That's in Vegas. Those are two fan bases that, you know, dislike each other, two teams from the Bay Area originally. That would make a ton of sense. Uh, Justin Herbert, Trey Lance. I think that's at Levi's would be a cool game. Chiefs Niners, obviously. Uh, it's the other – finding the other games is tough. I think the Rams Niners in primetime makes a ton of sense on national TV. I think that would draw a ton of eyeballs. I'm not sure Fox would want to give up either of those games, right, because Fox has rights to the NFC games, and those would be just massive ratings. Um, yeah, but we'll see. I, I do agree that there's going to be five games. I think it's just peppered throughout the season. I think you get a couple Sunday night games, a couple Monday night games, and a Thursday night game in there. And, uh, yeah, I think it just makes sense to get the Niners on national TV as much as possible. Um, Mexico City, uh, 7,200 feet of elevation. Denver, 5,200 feet of elevation. Santa Clara, 72 feet of elevation. I feel like people take that for granted. Like playing at 7,200 feet, is a lot different than playing at 72 feet. Remember when Marshawn Lynch used to wear that mask pregame? So, yeah, that'll be interesting to see how long they stay and practice in Mexico City, just having the use of that. So that'll, I mean, I feel like I have to go just to see that whole um, experience. All right, enough schedule because we are going to, again, as I said, talk about that a lot over the next, over the course of the next week.
let's talk about former 49er, who we will probably be seeing a lot of, uh, Richard Sherman, who I think just announced a deal for Amazon Prime, who might, I don't know if that's set in stone yet, but Richard Sherman, future analysis, uh, he said that he believes on his podcast, I think it was, that he believes Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be on the 49ers roster come training camp. So he said, quote, I think he's going to be on the team during training camp. I think he'll be more of a safety valve and really expensive safety and a really expensive safety valve, but safety all the same. I think they're going to give Trey Lance an opportunity to start the ball games. I think they want to see it. I don't think they'll play, that he'll play Hill being Jimmy Garoppolo. He'll play a ton in the preseason, so they'll keep a ton of backup quarterbacks in the preseason. But I don't think if either of them will play in the preseason, if not worth the injury risk to Jimmy G with his cap number, and it's not worth the injury risk to the guy who you want to start. They need Trey Lance to get live reps. If the rumored schedule that came out of them playing Carolina and then Atlanta in the first two games is accurate, I definitely see Trey Lance starting in those two games. I think those are the two teams that are up and coming who have pieces, but I think San Francisco would be on paper a lot better than those two teams. They would expect him to win those two games, end quote. So that was a rumor that we didn't touch on in the schedule. Um, If the 49ers do start the season with Carolina and Atlanta, then I will backtrack and say Trey Lance better throw for 4,500 yards. Um, But let's talk about Sherman's comments because – Safety valve is what we talked about a little bit before. Um, for me, it has a little bit different meaning than what Sherman said, but what were some of your thoughts on Sherman's comments? I understand what Richard Sherman's saying. I wouldn't have used the term safety valve because, like, exactly like you're probably going to allude to, safety valve means a different thing, uh, in my opinion. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is just, like, their last-ditch, like, safety net, maybe, in case Trey Lance struggles out of the gate here in OTAs or in training camp, or he gets hurt, right? I I think that's the reason they're holding on to Jimmy Garoppolo and just not releasing him because there's no reason to release him between now and, you know, the start of the season because his salary is non-guaranteed. His salary only guarantees week one. And I think they're just going to, they're going to give every chance for Trey Lance to prove himself as a starter here over the next couple months and if he comes in you know when OTAs begin in a couple weeks and then when training camp starts at the end of July and is just has a better understanding of the playbook is just you know uh knows where to go with the ball in different situations and just make all the throws and is just comfortable with the offense etc and just meets sort of Kyle Shanahan's you know requirements or whatever then I'd imagine they'd feel more comfortable just letting Jimmy Garoppolo go but at this moment I think they're just not going to hand him away when there's no reason to. And I think that's all Richard Sherman's alluding to. And I think he has a pretty good idea of how the 49ers operate of, you know, when John Lynch says, we're not just going to give this guy away. I think Richard Sherman believes him, right? Cause he's been in the building with him. He's negotiated with John Lynch, both Stanford guys didn't know how they think. I'm sure they still have a relationship and it's not like Richard Sherman has to text John Lynch to be like, is Jimmy Garoppolo still going to be there? I think he just knows based on how, Lynch is that he's just telling the truth. And so I think it's things that you and I have also, uh, you know, we've come to the same conclusion based off of these comments and based off their actions. So it's not much of a surprise that Sherman thinks the same. It seems a little backward with, with what he's saying and not just the safety valve, safety valve, but like, if he's not going to play in the preseason, what's the point of having him on the roster? Like if, if Trey Lance needs all these reps to get ready, and you don't want him looking over his shoulder, having to worry about, hey, if I screw up, 
there is a starter that everybody on the roster likes who could play right away. So I, I think it creates a dynamic where I don't want to say Trey will play more timid or scared, but if he knows he it's his job and Trey Lance doesn't have to worry about looking over his shoulder. If it's Brock Purdy versus Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance is going to play a lot looser. I expect. And I would imagine he will just, you know, just naturally um, just grow into being a better quarterback. And it's tough to describe, but just the nature of the sport where if the job's yours, you can let loose. If the, if you know that, you know, every down I'm going to have, no matter what, if I throw an interception here, whatever, I'm learning, I'm a young quarterback, as opposed to if I throw an interception here, shoot, Jimmy gets this next rep. And what if he throws a touchdown? Now what? Now I start pressing. Now I start thinking. And the last thing you want is in my head, if I make a mistake, you know, they have a veteran behind me. But I, I, again, that might be extreme. I, I don't know if it does get to there, but I mean, it comes back to the same thing. I, I think you did bring, bring up a good point about Jimmy's uh, guaranteed salary, though. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't think, I think in terms of the way Kyle Shanahan views it, I don't think he's going to take it like rep by rep. In terms sure. Of like Trey Lance threw a pick. Oh, man, like I need to put Jimmy Garoppolo in. I think it's just like over the course of OTAs and training camp, does Trey Lance just look comfortable, right? Because last year, the story was, you know, he started out great, then he got hurt, and then it just kind of, you know, fell off the rails a little bit, right? Whether it was his throwing mechanics, his understanding of the offense, whatever it was, they just didn't feel confident moving forward in that direction. But does Kyle just feel confident in Trey this offseason? Because if he does, then he's going to start. If he's worried about 21, 22-year-old Trey Lance making mistakes in practice, then that is a problem because the last two, three training camps, I watched Jimmy, and he threw the ball to number 54 often. And he threw the ball to the other defense often. I remember joint practices against the Chargers. Like, it was not good. So, I mean, you can take whatever that whatever that means for what it's worth, but that kind of played out in the regular season too, where what we see in training camp and practice is usually the quarterback we're going to get in the regular season. Um, but again, Trey, Trey just has to grow. So Speaking of, are you going to be in Minnesota for joint practices this year? I know you were in L.A. last year. Yeah, that that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that. That'll they have. I think the Vikings have a lot of good young talent that will challenge some of the 49ers players. And again, just getting Trey Lance a different look for a couple of days will mean will go a long way for his development. And I know it, it sounds kind of silly just to think that two practices mean a lot, but uh, different looks, different schemes, different players, and you'll be able to control you know the practice script. That'll that'll mean a lot for him. So I think it is a good decision. Um, and Shanahan has said that he values joint practice more than preseason games just because, yeah, again, you can control the environment. You can control what goes on. So, all right, speaking of. And you can put everything on tape without it, without you worrying about that stuff getting out, right? Because the Vikings and 49ers don't play unless it's in the playoffs. Right. So you can practice everything under the sun and not That's worry that people like me and you are going to get filmed and be like, wow, look at what they're doing with Trey Lance. So. And even if we did, the 49ers PR would make us delete it. So you yep. don't have to worry about that. Okay, yep. let's talk about... It's in the agreement that they make a sign before <laughs> right. you even show up. Right. <laughs> um, so, Brandon, you, I don't know if it was PFF, but they were talking about the best receivers in the NFC West. And Brandon, you made it clear that him and Debo are the top 
uh, the top duo in the NFC West. Let's go position by position quick here. And we're, we're going to go offense and we'll come back to defense next next uh, week. Let's start with quarterback. We don't know what Trey Lance is right now. I mean, we have an idea of what he could be, and he does have to get more consistent. We will see, again, like what he is today is probably nowhere near what he's going to be in September. What he is in September, probably not going to be anything what he looks like come week 10. And the hope is, you know, by week 18, hopefully there's a playoff run that we see a, a quarterback who just kind of knows what he's doing, kind of has feet underneath him and, and has learned from his mistakes that he made because it's inevitable that he's going to make mistakes. So where does Trey Lance rank in the NFC West as far as quarterback goes? You have Kyler Murray. You have Matthew Stafford. I guess Drew Locke. Maybe Geno Smith. Who knows? Yeah. Best of we can, we can put those guys together. Yep. We will say Seattle is last and not waste any time there. Uh, I would say Matthew Stafford is first. I would agree with that. What are we going to get? Is it going to be Kyler or who will not be will not have DeAndre Hopkins for six games? And that will likely affect his play because the Cardinals are not the same without their best player. Go figure. Um, where is Trey Lance going to stack up when the season's all said and done? When the season's all said and done, I think he's going to – let's go tiers. And I think Stafford's still going to finish in tier one, right? I think he's going to have probably a better season than he did last year, right? He's more familiar with the offense. He's got another year under his belt with these receivers. I think he, I think his biggest issue last year was just the stupid turnovers he had. And ironically, he was about to commit one in the NFC Championship game, and it just <laughs> didn't work out in the Niners' favor. But that that was his issue last year. And he just made enough plays in the Super Bowl where people don't remember it necessarily, or people just forget it, right? Because you win Super Bowl MVP, whatever. But I, if he's able to clean up on that a little bit, I think he's kind of in. He's he'll clearly finishes the best quarterback in the NFC West. Um, second is interesting, right? Does Trey Lance? If Trey Lance plays all 17 games, if you tell me Debo Samuel's on the field for all 17 games. The 49ers offense stays relatively healthy. They have some continuity on the offensive line. I would not be surprised to put him there at number two ahead of Kyler Murray. Just because we've seen what Kyler Murray does in the second half of the season. There's been a drop off. He's had different injuries that have, you know, not allowed him to finish the season healthy. Just generally his play has dropped off. He's not going to have DeAndre Hopkins uh, in the first six games. And last season when they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins, their offense just seemed to fall apart. Uh, Christian Kirk, you and I talked about it was, a, you know, he might be overpaid, but he was a big piece of their offense last year. How are they going to replace that? I know they got Marquise Brown, but just weird stuff going on. It feels like with the Cardinals. So I could see Trey Lance finishing with a better year than Kyler Murray. And that may not mean just overall statistics like passing yards or touchdowns or whatever. But at the end of the season, you might, you might be like, I'd rather have this Trey Lance guy than Kyler Murray. Is, is what I'm getting at. And I think whoever Seattle starts at quarterback, whether that's Geno Smith, Drew Locke, you or me, I think I think that's they're clearly at the bottom uh, of the NFC West. I'm expecting a high variance season from Lance. And when I say that, I, that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. I, I don't think we got much variance from Jimmy. I think we knew every week what he was going to do, and it played out that way. For Lance, I think there's going to be a lot of unexpected. I think there's going to be times where like it's just bombs away. He's letting him fly down the field. And I think there's going to be games where he's one-hopping throws. And I think there's going to be games where he's holding on to the ball and he looks a little lost at what the defense is giving him. And 
that's okay. I don't think that that's a problem. I think that more than likely he will finish third just because of the unexpected, just because we don't know what we're getting. Maybe that says more about Kyler, but I would go Stafford in a tier by himself. I would probably lump Kyler and Trey together. Probably put, I mean, I would put Kyler in a tier above only because he's played for multiple seasons in the NFL. And I I think that just matters. And then, I mean, Lance was a high draft pick for a reason. I I thought he was the most pro ready quarterback to play in that draft class last season. And I think that's going to play out when we do see him, but that's probably saying more about him than the other quarterbacks. And I, in our explanation reacts, uh, we asked like how many interceptions he's going to throw. Like, Trevor Lawrence led the NFL in interceptions. All the first round quarterbacks threw double digit interceptions. Like those Josh are Josh Allen threw 15 last year. Yeah, like it's going to happen. And I think fans need to brace themselves for that. At the same time, if you're throwing interceptions, you have to make up for it in other areas. Like for me, his rookie season and it's going to look a lot like Donovan McNabb. And that's who I look viewed him as a prospect coming out. So Donovan McNabb as a rookie, he, 21 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, but he also ran for 600 yards. He also had six rushing touchdowns. So I think Lance is going to be in that line, which is very good for a rookie. Like if that's what you're seeing from Trey Lance in year one, the odds that he reaches, you know, top seven, top five, whatever you want to say are very high. So I'll go, um, Kyler, Lance, and then whatever Seattle decides to throw out. How about running back, though? Because we don't know which 49er running back is going to be the workhorse. It could be Ty Davis Price. Uh, it could be Elijah Mitchell. It could, could it be Trey Sermon? Probably not. Um, but it's going to be week by week. So I think that's the fun part. Where do you think the 49ers running back stack up to the rest of the NFC West? Because you have Cam Akers, who's coming off a, you know, Achilles. He didn't look great in the Super Bowl, but again, like he was like six months removed from a torn Achilles. And Arizona, they lost Chase Edmonds, but they do have um, James Conner. Uh, they're probably, probably going to try to get some more out of, you know, Benjamin. But I, James Conner is their guy who – he killed the 49ers uh, last year. I don't know if people remember that as far. And then the Seahawks, they have – they drafted uh, Kenny Walker from Michigan State, and they still have uh, Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. So who knows what they get from there. And then, uh, well, yeah, what, what do you think about where these guys stack up? The running back position might be the toughest because it feels like every group on these four teams has – like a workhorse type guy, and then they've got some depth behind it, but there's no clear tier one running back, right? There's no, you know, just Alvin Kamara in his heyday, Ezekiel Elliott in his heyday. There's 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 no one like that in the NFC West. So there's no one you fear. Like back in, you know, in the Jim Harbaugh days, when Marshawn Lynch stepped on the field for the Seattle Seahawks, you'd be like, oh man, you know, they're going to feed 24 over and over and over again. But there's no one like that, I think, in the NFC West that, really puts fear in your uh in your soul and so i think the running back tiers are closer than uh some of the other offensive positions and so i would probably lean rams probably at the top of the list right cam Akers and daryl henderson they're the only team that really has two bona fide starting running backs i'd probably put the seahawks right behind them with rashad penny i think chris carson's on their roster i don't know what his injury situation is but the draft for Kenneth Walker really high. 
Um, and then I'd probably put the Niners right there uh, with Seattle just because Elijah Mitchell coming back, Ty Davis Price, again, he's an unknown, but just given what he's done at LSU, you, you'd expect that to translate. Um, and then I'd probably put Arizona last just because they lost Chase Edmonds in the offseason. They didn't necessarily replace that. I know they drafted somebody late, but I would probably go Arizona, Seattle, San Francisco, kind of in the same tier, and then I'd probably put Arizona in a tier below. Okay, let's go to Brandon Ayuk and Debo Salmon because that's how we got here. So we could say wide receiver duos. There are a lot of good wide receivers in this conference, and I think that's why it was important for the 49ers to go out and get a press man corner who you can follow wide receivers around like Charvarius Ward. So as I mentioned, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be out for the first six games. And the Cardinals have A.J. Green, Ronda Moore, Marquise Brown, and Seattle. Still two good wide receivers, even though we don't know what's going to happen in quarterback. So D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, they always seem to get the best of the 49ers when those two teams play. And then I think Allen Robinson is in for a great year because toward the end of the last year, it just seemed like he was checked out. But I think, I think – we are going to see a much better version of Allen Robinson. And then, I mean, what can you say about Cooper Cup? He is probably the reason the 49ers were not in the Super Bowl. And a lot of people don't want to talk about that part, but uh, really good player, like really, really good player. So where do you think Debo and Ayuk stack up as far as duos go? And would you say both are in the top five? Yeah, I mean, so if you were to just rank the receivers one through eight in the in the NFC West, and let's use the eight receivers that PFF for that the the picture mentioned, right? It's Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and then DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown. Do we agree that Marquise Brown is probably eight on that list? Yep, for sure. <laughs> okay. Speed does matter. Like I want, I, I'm a big proponent of speed, but. <laughs> It does. It, just but. <laughs> uh, we agree that Allen Robinson is seventh on that list. Just given his performance last season, you mentioned he was checked out. It's hard to say. It looked like his play fell off last season, right? He is going into year, what, year 10, I think, year nine. So is he just magically going to revive himself in Los Angeles? I actually think so. Um, I don't know if. So I guess it would be Brandon Ayuk or Allen Robinson. And, man, that would be fascinating if you were to just go down and ask people, what do you think? Like, who would you rather have, Brandon Ayuk or Allen Robinson? I think people would rather say Allen Robinson. Um, He's probably a bigger household name nationally than Brandon Ayuk. Right. And, you know, people aren't studying 49ers games where they're seeing Ayuk run wide open down the field so that they don't know that he has been open. But Robinson has the same case, and he hasn't played with a quarterback anywhere near the caliber of Matt, Matt Stafford. So uh, that's interesting, too. I I would go Robinson in that case, but let's keep it moving. So you said Robinson's seven, or Robinson's better than Ayuk? Or I would I would take Robinson over Ayuk right now. So that would probably that would put Brandon Ayuk at seven, right? So you got uh, Marquise yeah. Brandon eight, Brandon Ayuk at seven. So Allen Robinson's probably at six. Over Lockett and Over Metcalf. Tyler Lockett and Metcalf, all those guys. Right. Okay. And then I would probably put Tyler Lockett at five, I think. Yeah, I love Lockett too, man. Um, and then your top four includes Cooper Cup, 
Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, and DeAndre Hopkins. So basically one one player from each team. For sure. Well, if you were to stack it that way, right, then the Seahawks probably have the best wide receiver duo, which I think people agree for the most part. I know Brandon Ayuk doesn't, and I get it. But I think they've been – obviously they've been together the longest the last three seasons. Tyler Lockett's put up 1,000-yard seasons back-to-back-to-back. DK Metcalf's a monster on the outside. Their play is going to drop off the season because they're going to play with Drew Locke and Geno Smith. Their numbers aren't going to be as good, but I would probably take that duo over the other three. It really gets to be a debate for the for the second spot, right? And that really comes down to would you rather have Brandon Ayuk or Allen Robinson, in my opinion. Because while Cooper Cup might be slightly better than Debo Samuel, they were basically neck and neck halfway through the season in terms of receiving yards and yeah. some of the advanced numbers when they were both exclusively playing receiver. So maybe Debo Samuel wouldn't have reached 2,400 yards or whatever Cooper Cup got to, but he would have been right there if he was just full-time receiver. So I think that's ultimately what it comes down to of who you think is the second best receiving duo. Do you agree with that? Yeah, no, that's fair. And again, like think about what we're arguing here. We're arguing not just some of the best wide receivers in the conference and division. We're arguing about the best wide receivers in the league. Like Cooper Cup, look at the season that he just had. Debo, look at the season that he just had. DeAndre Hopkins, look at the season that he just had. And then, of course, like we know firsthand what DK Metcalf is capable of. The 49ers DBs know firsthand what DK Metcalf is capable of. So, yeah, no, no arguments there. Um, tight end, not as sexy as an argument just because it's like George nope. Kittle and everybody else. Um, not sure we really need to the waste time there. And then, I mean, it, it's tough just to argue linemen. So the Seahawks actually invested in an offensive lineman now that Russell Wilson's gone. How ironic is that? Um, Charles Cross, he's probably going to be a very good player for them. I am a little leery of investing, you know, early round picks in offensive linemen just because I would rather have a guy who can catch touchdowns or prevent touchdowns. Um, The Cardinals have a leaky offensive line. I'm not – and that's why I'm a little lower on them. And the Rams – the Niners have the best offensive line. I would agree. So the Rams – I don't think you could name us two starters. If you were to go around asking people, hey, name one offensive lineman on the Rams, they would struggle. But yeah, just because you said they lost two guys and Austin Corbett they and Andrew Whitworth. to begin with. Yeah, like yeah. it's not like you remember uh, week 18. They were in their butts were, week 18. <laughs> like that was one of the most impressive performances that I've seen just like in a matchup in general. So, yeah, I think that would be a reason why Stafford would take a step back is because of that offensive line. But, yeah, it's it's weird to say that, like, the 49ers have the best offensive line in the division, and we don't know what to make of their interior. Like, we don't know what to make of the center. We don't know what Aaron Banks is going to be like. We don't know what Jalen Moore is going to be like. We don't know if Jalen Moore is even going to start. So, but, but that makes it fun. I mean, that makes it exciting. Um, maybe not so much for the coaching staff because uh, uh, what they can draw up or whatnot. But, man. That has to make you feel good knowing that Trey Lance will have the best line and he'll have a great supporting cast. So he has the best play caller, one of the best play callers in the NFL and offensive minds, brightest offensive minds. Um, Ten wins, man. That's where they're they're projected to win. Whew, I, I think that'll do it for us. I, I, there, there's so much to, to take away from this team. I mean, they could be very, very good, very, very quick. 
But if they're not, I don't think you have to give up on them. I don't like I think that's where I'm most fascinated by just to see if it does start out rocky. Like, are, are people going to, you know, where's Jimmy or like who who's going to be the blame? And we know, obviously, it's going to be Trey, but like who's going to be really at fault? And here's the thing. Their defense, you know, no matter what advanced metric you take, was top five, top six last season. And they were probably closer to top three in the back half of the season. And they arguably got better over the offseason. They added some depth at edge. They drafted Drake Jackson in the second round. Their entire linebacking crew is back. They added Charvarius Ward, a true number one type corner in free agency. Uh, they lost Kwaski Tart, which is probably the, the biggest loss, quote unquote, I'd say, right? The, the the safety opposite of Jimmy Ward is probably your biggest question mark, but you get D'Amico Ryan's back year two. So now he's going to take everything he learned in year one, and he's going to put that towards his next season. Their defense is going to be really good. And so it's going to be hard for them as a team to be bad because their defense is just going to keep them in a bunch of games. I imagine a lot of this stuff is going to be low scoring. And if, you know, Trey Lance drills out of the gate, like they're just going to keep them in enough games that the 49ers are going to be competitive. And I, I think that's kind of their thinking is they're trying to insulate Trey Lance as much as possible. Their defense is going to be good. Their special team is going to be good. Their offensive supporting cast, we know, we just talked about, has a lot of help for Trey Lance. And so that's why I think it's going to be hard for them to be just a bad team. Right. Last year in the first half of the season, their defense was just way too up and down. And so was their offense. And so they struggled. But second half of the season, that defensive line picked it up. Fred Warner started to look a little bit more like himself. And naturally, the team just came into their own. So I'd expect that out of the gate next year. Yeah, it'll be fun just to see how they evolve throughout the course of the season. And not just on offense, not just Trey Lance, but the defense, too. I'm glad you brought up D'Amico Ryans because, like, he has – like, he's essentially coaching for a head coaching position this year. So he's, yeah. you know he's going to want to show out. You know he's going to, you know, want to take his game to another level. And he has the pieces to do so. So it'll be fascinating to see how he attacks um, opposing offenses. And, again, if it's Panthers-Falcons out of the gate, he has a chance to look very, very good because those are offenses that do not have much firepower at all. Okay, that'll do it for us. Thanks, as always, for listening. Please rate, subscribe, review. Leave us five stars wherever it is you get your podcasts. We will be breaking down the schedule um, more and more as that comes out over the next couple of, well, it's going to come out on Thursday, but I mean, the leaks are already starting to happen. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, KP underscore show. Please visit us and all of our work at NinersNation.com. Akash and a breath, as I need to start saying more. Where can we find you? Hell yeah. At Twitter, at A-K-A-S-H-A-N-A-V. Like KP mentioned, we appreciate everyone listening uh, through the draft season and free agency. Keep subscribing. Keep listening. Niners Nation Podcast Network. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Wherever you listen, drop five stars. Drop a review. We appreciate it. And as always, go Niners.